Thank you very much. Um, it's such a joy to be here, and we enjoy very much just meeting you all and uh, you know just chatting with you and uh, this beautiful time of lifting up Jesus this morning and and just saying you are the Lord and you've broken the power of hell. It's great to be able to uh, say that with people from all generations and all nations actually presented here. We enjoyed very much uh, meeting yesterday our brothers and uh, our sister from Korea. I've been to Korea, wonderful country, beautiful country. Have you been to Korea? And um, yes, some have. And you know, I enjoy very much their language and uh, the onion thing and, um, you know, beautiful language. Uh, a little bit difficult, but, you know, nothing compared to Bulgarian. Uh, and uh, I don't want to confuse you even more, and uh, so I'm not going to teach you Bulgarian this morning. Just, uh, for example, let me give you one example. The word blessing sounds like this. Blagoslovenie. Can you say that? That's very long. Blagoslovenie. Uh, so uh, that's why some people say that, you know, Bulgarian will be the language of heaven. <laughs> because it takes a whole eternity to learn it. Uh, so I thank God that I was born Bulgarian. I'm native Bulgarian. And, uh, so is my wife. And obviously my children... We are thrilled to be here, and we bring you greetings from our church back home, New Life Church, Varna, Bulgaria. And maybe we can show, my friend Scott can show uh, where Bulgaria is, because I don't want you to get confused. Some people think that you know, Bulgaria is in South America. Uh, no, Bulgaria is not in South America, and it's not Bolivia. It is in Eastern Europe, southeast of Europe, just close to Turkey and Greece, and the Black Sea, if you know Turkey, Greece, you know, uh, northward of Turkey and Greece. And it's a small country the size of Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, uh, with about 6 million point five people. You can see this red uh, point or spot there on the map of Europe. And uh, uh, there are just 1% of evangelical Christians there. Uh, most of the people are... Uh, Eastern Orthodox, which is kind of a, the same like Catholic Church here. Uh, so most of them would say, I am an Eastern Orthodox, but this uh, doesn't mean they're followers of Christ. It's more like nominal religion. And there are some Catholics, some uh, Muslim people, uh, whole 12% of the population. And there are some people who would declare that they are atheists. You know, we are post-communist country, so still many people believe in atheism, and it's a big religion in Europe. Uh, and there are other religions too. And we can show also the next map, uh, just to give you again an idea where we live. We live on the Black Sea coast in the city of Varna. You can see in red color, and we have two churches. The other church is in the town of Svistov in the north, and we are hoping and praying to start a new church in the city of Pleven soon. Uh, now we have actually three more missionary families in Bulgaria. They're all American. Uh, one of the missionaries actually has a Bulgarian wife. 
And uh, the last missionary family just arrived in Bulgaria, the, the, more, the time we came here, actually three weeks ago. Uh, so we are really blessed to be able to serve with the Free World Baptist Mission. And I know that many, if not most of you, uh, are familiar with the work of our mission. But for those of you who do not know, let me uh, explain what we do. Our church, New Life Church, Varna, was founded in 2013. And we are part of the Free World Baptist International Missions. And together with many other churches, we are an extension of the Free World Baptist International uh, Churches in America. In 1935, eight years ago, the Free World Baptists sent their first missionary. And today, Free World Baptists work in, eight, in uh, 24 countries in the world. And in Bulgaria, we serve together with the Free World Baptist Church in Svistov. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> our main trust is plant, planting churches and equipping disciples, equipping believers among Bulgarians who are among the most resistant and least evangelized nations in Europe, believe it or not. Uh, and our strategy is to do that through friendship evangelism, culturally sensitive evangelism, and relevant community development, training local leaders who are able to train other leaders. Uh, so... Uh, my role uh, in all this is church planter, and uh, we do this because it is so important for people in Bulgaria to hear that there is God and that they can have salvation, eternal life through Jesus Christ. And as I said, there is only 1% of Christians, a lot less, and Christian influence in Bulgaria is not so strong as here, although America is also drifting apart from the faith. But I thank God for churches like you. And I know that the church will overcome because the church is stronger and God is stronger than the prince of this world. Amen. Uh, so that's why it is so important for us to, you know, be there and to, uh, to serve and to be salt and light. And we often ask ourselves, what is the purpose of us as a church? What is the purpose of our lives as Christians? And this is the question I want to ask you this morning. What is the purpose of your life? You know, why are we here on planet Earth? Why are you here? Why were you born in this nation, in this country? Uh, what is the purpose of your life, of your church? Second Kings chapter 6 and 7 explain and show a situation in Samaria when Samaria was besieged by the king of Syria. And there was starvation all over the land, all over the place, and people were starting to eat their own children. And uh, four lepers decide in their despair to surrender to the Syrians. And they say in 2 Kings 7, 4, if they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. But much to their surprise, they go there and they find an abandoned camp. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. The Syrians decide that the king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack them. And uh, horrified, they run for their lives. 
and abandon the camp. So the lepers are beside themselves with joy. They enter in one tent after another, uh, plundering, eating whatever they can find. They uh, take treasures of gold and silver, hide them, come back for more. But then suddenly they realize what they are doing and they say to each other, well, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. This day is a day of good news. Truly, the fact that Jesus, you know, died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin is good news. Really, the fact that Jesus died and rose three days later is terrific news. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, all people from all nations, from Korea, from the United States, from Bulgaria, from Eastern Europe, from every race and color, from every generation, every social level, have the opportunity to be saved, to be forgiven, to be brought into right relationships with Jesus, with the hope of salvation and eternal life in heaven. And that is the news. And the Bible calls this news good news, the good news. What matters is what we are going to do with the good news. You know, in our church, it is a brand new church, as I said. We, when we were starting the church, we decided that we want to have a purpose. And that's why we you know, worked out this purpose statement that we want to make disciples, plant churches, and further the kingdom. We are very modest. We just, we want only this, nothing more. Just planting churches and furthering the kingdom. That's a huge task that lays before us. Huge task. Just a small church, 20, 25 people, 30 people. But we, we know God is on our side. And I talked with Pastor Mike here. And, uh, by the way, you have a great pastor, a uh, great leader. And he's a servant leader. He has this heart. You saw he, he knows the names of all the children here. How many of you know the names of these children? So please pray for them. Encourage them. Be there for them. They need you. They need encouragement. Uh, so I, I talked with Pastor Mike, and I said, what is the purpose statement? What is the purpose of your church, of Kirby Church? And he said, well, three words. Connect with Jesus. Grow, you know, as disciples. And serve. And I, I'm sure you, you know these words. But this is so great um, that you are here in order to serve your community. And that's what we want to do back in Bulgaria. Make disciples of this semi-pagan, semi-postmodern nations, semi-post-communist nation. That's what we need. We need to know the truth, to know Jesus. You know, I was born in, and raised in communist Bulgaria. Um, and this was the time of the Cold War. How many of you remember the Cold War time? those of you who are my age and older. And this man, meant that we didn't fight for real, but there was always this threat that, you know, a communist country would attack or we thought that the other thing would happen. 
so because of this threat, we had to go to, uh, to do our military service. And we had to do it for two or three years. A long time. It was compulsory. You couldn't just you know, say, I don't want to do it. Uh, and um, one, I remember one of my former classmates in the city of Varna, after we graduated, he was you know, taken to the frontier with Turkey and Greece. And he had to become, and he became frontier guard. And the task of these frontiers, frontier guards was uh, supposed to be to, to save Bulgarians from a threat from the capitalist countries, in our case, Turkey and Greece. But actually, their real task turned out to be somewhat different. They had to rather keep Bulgarians from defecting to the West to the United States, England, etc. All Bulgarians were kept prisoners in Bulgaria, in communist Bulgaria. We couldn't actually leave the country. Only some people could, you know who. Uh, so squads of soldiers were surrounding Bulgaria, keeping us prisoners, not letting us go and get freedom, be free. And that was a big tragedy. What a tragedy that was. But it is just as tragic when people are surrounded by Christians and they still die and go to hell, not knowing freedom in Jesus. And, you know, the early church in the Acts of the Apostles, we read this, they were committed to reaching out to the lost for Christ. And we also need to learn from the example and raise the bar in evangelism reaching out for the lost in our communities, here in Flat Rock, back in Varna, in Bulgaria, everywhere we go to. Acts 4, 31, 33 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Does this place shake when you start praying? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we were worshiping this morning, I felt that the Holy Spirit was here. He was moving and He was shaking us inside, from inside out. And He was giving us this assurance, this confidence. And, you know, we can go out from here and, and, and do what He wants us to do. Um, so, we need to go and tell people that Christ is the only way. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can be forgiven and saved by grace and receive the promise of eternal life. Only through Jesus. One of the problems of the contemporary church in the United States and already in Bulgaria, these things are coming, is that not many of us believe that. Not many of us really are sure of this. Some people in Bulgaria say, well, Jesus Christ was a great person, great man. I believe in him, but I believe in the Zodiac as well. Other people say, um, well, I believe in Christianity, but I believe in communism as well. We have this guy in our church. His name is 
Thomas, by the way, or Thomas, the Bulgarian version of the name. And Thomas, uh, he says, well, I'm a communist Christian. But to say I'm a communist Christian is like to say, I'm a, uh, to say there is a round square. There is no such thing as a round square, is there? Or to say I'm an evangelical atheist. Come on. How can you be evangelical atheist? Maybe you can, be, if you can evangelize the gospel of atheism, but you cannot say I'm a Christian athe uh, atheist. Also, there is another, Christian, uh, another uh, Eastern kind of a cult in Bulgaria called White Brotherhood, set up, founded by a person whose name is Peter Dunov, 100 years ago. And this Eastern occult movement actually uses Christian terminology, Christian words, in order to attract followers. And many people in Bulgaria are deceived to believe that Danovism or the White Brotherhood is kind of a Christianity. So they're proud of this because it is Bulgarian. And this is promoted by TV, but they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son and God. They say so you can find salvation in many ways. You can trust in many deities. This is kind of an esoteric teaching that says always lead to God. Still other people in Bulgaria, like our Muslims, say that the Quran is also a great book and we can trust the Quran. We also have... People who are Mormons, there are many American Mormons sent to the city of Varna, by the way, in those nice suits, and they speak Bulgarian. We have to learn from them and, you know, be as diligent as them in studying foreign languages, even Bulgarian, to come there, to go there and, you know, tell people the truth. Send missionaries, not Mormon missionaries, Christian missionaries. And, you know, all these people say, well... The Book of Mormons, it's okay. The, the Book of the Upanishads, this is okay. The Yoga is okay. Uh, the Quran is okay. Eastern religions lead to enlightenment of the soul. God is all and all is God. It doesn't matter how you call Him. We all believe in the same deity. In other words, to many people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any difference what you believe as long as you, as you believe in something. And some people even, because of all this, you know, political correct kind of uh, tone and talk, because of all this, they think that we are narrow-minded as, as people, as Christians, just because we believe that we are the only ones who will get into heaven. But is all this true? What matters is not that one believes in something, but that we believe in the truth, right? I can believe that my 1995-year Nissan is a BMW X5, and yet my conviction won't change the car I drive. People say, do you mean to tell me that those who follow the ways of Islam will not get into heaven? Do you mean to tell me that those who follow the ways of Buddha, of Dunov, or even Joseph Smith, you know, the leader of the Mormons, will not get into heaven? Do you mean that people won't find eternal life through their horoscope or channeling or finding their inner light? Well, the good thing about it is that I don't 
have to give you my opinion on that because the Bible answers for us. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There is no other name. And if you are here and you hear this for the first time, please remember this. There is no other name. No one else died for you on, to save you, to give you life. And that's not me talking. That's not simply what the, ch the Kirby Church believes or New Life Church Varna believes. That comes from God Himself. In John 14, 6, it says that Jesus answered to people, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The message we need to share is also met in Romans 10, 9, 10. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe your heart in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart you one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Why is this possible? Well, it is possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. Because he was victorious over death, over the devil, over the demons. He was victorious. He died for us. And he rose from the grave. That is the good news. And no one else has done that for us. No one else. Imagine, imagine we are in a big group of people and we are going on, a, on an excursion to a thick, deep forest and we go deep into it and we kind of go astray. We get lost. And we know that if we head to the wrong direction, we'll go even further astray and we start getting afraid. And then suddenly, as we walk down this path, we see in the distance that it forks. And right there where it forks, we notice the figures of two men. We run to them and see that one of them is actually, he's clothed as a forester. He is alive and he looks well. And the other, one, the other one lies dead on the ground. Which one of them will you ask about the way? Of course, the living one. Isn't it strange that many people go to dead people and ask them about the way? If you go to the tomb of Confucius, he is still there. If you go to the tomb of Buddha, he is still there. If you go to the tomb of Peter Dunov in Bulgaria, he is still there. And if you go to the tomb of Muhammad, guess what? He is still there. But if you go to the tomb of Jesus Christ, he is not there. He is risen. And that is the difference. That is why salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. This is the good news and this is our message. We have to take to the people out there. Okay, this is our message, but how can we reach to others for Christ? Whose responsibility is it? Many people say, okay, I'm not an evangelist. And you're right. Not many people, not all people have this gift of evangelism. And 
There are people who can go and share the gospel in any situation, at any time, with anyone. They're gifted in evangelism. Not all of us are. We have different gifts, the Bible says. But I want to remind you this morning of two important words, and they are personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Who is responsible for reaching to the others? You are, you are, and I am. We all are. Uh, when we traveled through, you know, America, um, down the highways and interstate uh, roads, we see that people usually use cars, use cars, you know, to go everywhere. Um, sometimes, I don't know whether they use cars to go to the bathroom, but uh, uh, use cars because distances are very big in America. In Bulgaria, sometimes, usually we walk. And we also have public transportation. We have buses running in the city of Varna. We have good public transportation. And uh, the buses are very reliable and very cheap, only 60 cents. Uh, so um, I heard this story about a guy who also would go to work every day by bus. And this guy prayed each morning with the same prayer. He prayed, Lord, if you want me to witness to someone today, please give me a sign to show me who it is. One day, he found himself again on the bus going to work when a big burly man came and sat next to him. And this bus was nearly empty, but this guy sat next to our praying friend. And this timid Christian anxiously waited for, the, for his stop to exit the bus. But before he could get very nervous about the guy sitting next to him, this big guy suddenly burst into tears and began to weep. He then cried out with a light, loud voice, I need to be saved. I'm a lost sinner. I need the Lord. Won't somebody tell me how to be saved? And he turned to the Christian and pleaded, Can you show me how to be saved? The believer immediately bowed his, his head down and prayed. Lord, is this a sign? <laughs> Are you waiting for a sign? Let me give you one. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Jesus challenged us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything He's commanded us. And he promises, I'll surely am with you always to the very end of the age. So evangelism doesn't always mean walking up to a total stranger and saying, if you died right now, would you go to hell? There are those who can do that. There are people who are gifted in evangelism. And we need to tell people what to do. Yet, first we must show them how to live and what Christ has done for us in our lives. And um, we can do this in many ways. You know, someone had once said that there are two basic reasons people don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Reason number one, they have never met a Christian. And reason number two, they have met a Christian. So it is 
great responsibility on our shoulders, you know, to be a good testimony, a good witness of Christ, of our Lord and Savior. This is not small matter. Christian influence is very important. Sometimes you can just show people what it is to be a Christian by being there for them in time of need. And at times, by how you handle difficult situations or by by your personal commitment to Christ and to church, by coming to church and you know, telling people how important church is for you. At some, and sometimes maybe you can show them what it is to be a Christian even by baking some cookies and giving them to someone you may never meet. Acts 5.42 says, Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, the apostles never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Do you stop proclaiming the good news? You know, one of my favorite movies is Ben-Hur. Maybe some of you have watched Ben-Hur. It's a great movie, very old one, but very good movie. The star of this movie, Charleston Heston, had a difficult time learning how to drive the chariot because there were chariots there, chariot competitions. So after a great deal of work and practice, finally he mastered the art of driving uh, the chariot, but he felt impelled to go to the director and say, I think I can drive the chariot, but I'm not sure I can win the race. So the director is said to have responded with, You just stay in the race. I'll make sure you win. You stay in the race. Jesus will make sure you will win. While speaking in London, the evangelist D.L. Moody was approached by a British companion who wanted to know the secret of Moody's success in leading people to Christ. So Moody directed the man to the hotel window and asked, what do you see? The man looked down to the square and he said, I see crowded streets. And then Moody suggested he look again. And then the man looked again and he said, well, I see many men, many women, many children. And then Moody directed him to look a third time, and the man became frustrated that he was not seeing what Moody wanted him to see. So then the great evangelist came to the window with watery eyes and said, I see people go to hell without Jesus. Until you see people like that, you will not lead them to Christ. Do you see people going to hell without Jesus? Do you know the message that Jesus is the only way to the Father and He is the only way to salvation and eternal life? If you do, do you understand your personal responsibility in leading people to Christ? And thirdly, are you motivated by all those dead, spiritually dead people you see? Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you 
you are our Lord and Savior, and you have come and revealed your face to us, and you have you know, shown us that you are the only way to the Father. You are the truth. You are the life. There is no life apart from you, Jesus. My nation has lived for so many years prisoners of atheism, of, a, of this devilish re religion, not knowing and not be able to go to church and hear the good news. And even now, most of these Eastern Orthodox churches you know, don't proclaim the gospel. They just, you know, um, have all these dead rituals that don't lead people to heaven. And people believe in so many other religions. And I know that here in America, there are so many religions, so many ideologies that, that fight for the people's minds and hearts. So Jesus, I pray now for my friends from, from, from the Kirby Church. Please bless them. Bless them to be salt and light. Bless them to go and tell the message that Jesus rose from the dead. He paid the penalty for our sins. And He is the only way for us to find salvation, eternal life, to go to heaven. No other name under heaven given to men, but only Jesus Christ. And Jesus, help them. Help us all, Jesus, in America, in Bulgaria, in Korea, you know, to have this heart for evangelism, you know, to, to feel the pain, to know that these people are going to hell without you, Jesus. And help us tell them. So please challenge us, Jesus, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, these days, to share the gospel with at least one person, you know, to help them come step by step to you, to take care of them, you know, just to, to be there for them. Jesus, please. Help us. Give us your spirit. Give us your power. Because you are more powerful than death and then Satan and then the devils and the demons. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the salvation and eternal life. Please bless us and be with us till the end of time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.